The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. Do you have a desire to be famous? Well, so does everyone else in the world. That's why social media has become so popular. I'm Summer Helene. I'm on with my co-host, Bear Fjord of the Baddest Bear in the Cage, who's going to do most of the talking because I have gone from neurovirus to getting my nose fixed to him giving me the flu. So I'd like to welcome to the show the guy that gave me the plague, Bear Fjord. Black plague, to be specific. You got like boils everywhere. It's just, just, a, just a complete mess in here right now. It is. It is. I got to tell you, I'm I'm miserable. That is the, this is awful. I've been sick for like two months solid now. I can't yeah. believe you gave me the flu. You know, I didn't, I couldn't believe that I had gotten the flu either. Cause I had just finished being, I think what I probably had was a, a moderate <laughs> cold during the time you were in the hospital. And then I get back and I get notification that, uh, what you call my coaches were all sick during the time that I'd already been training there. And so I show up and I start getting symptoms. Now I'm thinking that I've given it to everyone else, including us. And it's just going to spread the plague across all the West Coast and beyond. I'm going to kill you if you don't like keep looking at the mic. They talk, I, I'm like, I got to tell you guys, what Bear is so interactive, but he'll like be talking and then turn his head away from the mic and talk. And it comes I, up so bad when we have to write, when this has to be done. What can I say? Looking at the mic is not as entertaining as looking at you. You to to look at me, you you have to face the mic. I'm trying to create an excuse. Let it go. Okay. So <laughs> why why don't you want to look at me? There, there's the next what? question. Is it because I'm sick and I'm ugly and I have snot coming down my face? You, you know, you're starting to sound like an American teenager. No, you know, you you're know, taking what? It very I am personal. not like other girls. <laughs> like I love that is that is one of my favorite Reddits. R slash <laughs> I'm not like the other girl. It, not like, not other like girls. the other girls. Okay. Yeah. It's, I think every and it suits you because every teenage girl goes through that phase, anyways. Oh my god, it's awful when they do. That's that's the I'm a moron stage. But on the flip side, mm -hmm. no offense to teenage girls. Um, on, on the flip side, when you're portrayed in media as being vapid, you don't want to classify yourself as that. You want to be different. I was actually going to bring that up. How do how do young ladies in the uh, entertainment world in Hollywood kind of cope with that? Because they don't really have a choice. They have to be professional on set on stage on anything but they are going through these flood of emotions do you have any like stories how they cope with it or horror stories of what happened being a teenager sucks you couldn't yeah. pay me to do it again like 16 15 16 was the worst what was it like for you i think you were you were modeling at that time i right? was so but was i was also hormonal and stupid that's and my point miserable. there's it, it's miserable so i i always just say you know puberty you go through it once never again there there is not enough money in the world Mm -hmm. It's just not worth it. Uh, we've got, and I think the biggest thing, by the way, I'm going to jump into this, sure. is is like body image, which I guess is being handled with Ozantic now. I'm going to try that. I'm sorry, Zo Ozantic? Ozantic? Yeah, it's a... Uh, I thought Ozantic is... It's, Never mind. It's, what is it? It's for um, uh, type 2 diabetes. And essentially what it does is it gives people... Weight loss. It, it's one of the side effects being used off label is to give people weight loss. 
That's really weird. Why are they using diabetes medication to control weight loss? Well, because I think obesity has become a national epidemic in the United States. Oh, okay. I'm, is... I'm not I'm not opposed to it. If it if this works for weight loss, do it. Like people in my industry are doing it because they want to lose a few pounds. Okay, so this I want to lose like really 40. about um the, the whole the whole goal is weight loss. So the Ozantic is, is a weight loss pill, no, it's not necessarily it's, it's for to control diabetes. two it's for diabetes. It's to control two type two diabetes. Okay. But using it off label, it works as a weight loss drug. Kind of like how they figured out that uh, Viagra is good for making your dick hard. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Exactly it the same. It used to be chest medication, right? Yeah, heart medication. I'd Got like it. to remind everyone, every time we use bad language, we give money to the Boys and Girls Club of America, the Humane Society of America, and free MMA. We swear because we care. Fuck yeah. I had, I had to do that because of your Viagra comments. but It's okay. The, I didn't realize dick was a b- bad word. Is it, it is. It's considered a curse word? Mm-hmm. I thought it was like a vulgar word. No, it's, it's considered swearing. Oh, okay. If, very good if the FCC right. can rate you off it, it's, that's it. It's all in the name of charity. It's for speaking of that, they've a lot has been able to flow through now with the advent of uh, online platforms that uh, you can view basically television through, including things like Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus. Well, Disney Plus doesn't curse a lot, I think, at all on their shows. But anyways, mm-hmm. my point is, how mu- how important is the FCC going to be moving forward if they can put pretty much whatever they want on their own platforms? They'll they'll be a regulating body, and I think there should be. To be perfectly honest, I do believe in um, that. Now, I'm saying this as somebody who's had to pay a lot of fines to the FCC. I'm not mm-hmm. thrilled with them. My God, I sound like a less sexy B. Arthur. I'm not in love with this sick voice. Um, but I, I've been fined a lot, and I do think it's very, very important to have regulation. I've... And you you want to read that? Okay, I was going to see if you want to read it out, but okay. Our sound engineer just sent us this. So extra research heard a lot about it being a large percentage muscle and bone mass weight loss, not healthy weight loss. So well, people are losing think, weight, but you know, I, I don't think it detriment. could be. I don't think it could be healthy weight loss anyway, because I mean, if you look at it realistically, if you are severely obese, you don't have um, good muscle or bone density anyway. And so you're losing more of it? Yeah, you are. Okay. But yeah. it's it's kind of one of the catch-22s. Something has to be done about obesity simply because of the secondary health problems that go with it. Of course. Well, it's I think really that's... affecting the, the American landscape. I think that's really what it comes down to with any disease virus or any kind of problem with the human body. It's always the side effects that we're trying to, to cure with obesity. If you just happen to get super, super fat and you can walk through a door, most people wouldn't give a damn. But it's the fact that it comes along with heart disease, diabetes, um, your literally your bones being crushed together, yeah. the cartilage being ruined well, between I, I your think, bones. I think that and the fact that there's this whole um healthy at any size bullshit that's going on. Well that that's, yeah, and, that's and you can't be. There's no such thing as healthy at any size. Like if you're four hundred and fifty pounds, you're not fucking healthy. It's right. just you're not. So I think that um being able to bring the weight down is really, really important. And while I'm all for the body acceptance movement when it comes to I've been injured, I've lost a limb, Burn I think that's wonderful. I think that's wonderful. I don't think it's healthy for people like Tess Holiday to turn around and be like, hey, I'm I'm healthy at this size. Like I'm heavy right now. I do not love it. It is a great point of stress, especially because, you know, I was a model. Um and as I've gotten sicker and been going the last couple of months, I've gotten heavier. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what happens. And I can tell you, I can feel that I'm not as healthy as I was. So that's bullshit. I want to double back for a second because I just remember we were discussing FCC regulations and how they're going to still be some kind of body no matter what's going on to regulate content. There should be because I just remembered a TV show or a Netflix series called 
uh, Cuties, which is basically this lady made a, not a mockumentary, but a documentary with actual actors and actresses as young women. And it was equated to that of child pornography. Yeah. Um, so I absolutely believe that there needs to be something out there that is going to control what we, even a little bit, what we still see and what is appropriate and what isn't, because you can't allowing, you can't allow anyone to post content like that. It's, it, it is a problem. Uh, the, and there's good content and bad content. And personally, I'm a big believer in sp- free speech, um, but I'm not, I, I do think there needs to be regulation mm-hmm. and I do think things should be age appropriate. Like you shouldn't be letting a, a child watch hardcore porn. You shouldn't be letting a seven-year-old watch South Park. And I love South Park. Speaking of, they went after the uh, the Duke and Duchess mm-hmm. of Sussex really, really well. It, it was, was a good episode, yeah. Uh, it was considered, um, it was beautiful. I love them coming on. We want our privacy on national television with, with picket signs. And they really showed her as being very, very vapid. I found it very, very interesting. I love, I love Matt. I, I Matt and Trey. Like, I absolutely love them. Yeah, I think they're wonderful, incredibly, incredibly talented. Um, but I'm surprised they got involved in this. But I'm not. It is part of the national it's narrative. It's been so. Times. It's been so big. I don't know. I think they probably could have timed it a little bit better. Maybe when they were quite a bit more prominent. Because I, I think a lot of people have kind of forgotten about them. They've fallen out of mainstream media to an extent. So. It, other, other than the fact they're just kind of bringing well, he them just back had a book to the come out attention. that's like now the the most successful um, memoir of all time. No, it cannot. Be. It is. Oh wait, wait, wait. I you know, I just realized I forgot this. Success is not based upon people's opinion. It's based upon sales. Yes. So good. Yeah, that's a fair. It like yeah. Disappointing then. Mm-hmm. Very disappointing. But okay. You know more more power to him. He can sell whatever he wants. Back to the whole freedom of speech thing. Mm-hmm. I do think. They, though you have freedom of speech, you're not free from consequence. I agree. So, I agree. I believe there should be will. consequence, but the the freedom. I'm, I'm a huge advocate of freedom of speech, yeah. and you know, if they want to talk shit about the royal family, let them. Who cares? No, I agree with that. You have the right to say whatever you want. There's a reason why they're not. What is it? Trying to put down or get rid of any articles or news outlets that are talking disrespectfully or down about the monarchy. You're allowed to do that. Um, you're allowed to talk about the fact that you uh, kill 25 people in a different country. But the reality is, I think you still, I think there, if you're going to cause problems, you're going to need to face some kind of consequence for that. That's true. I got to tell you, I'm like, I need your energy up. I need you hosting the show. I am so sick. I'm trying not to throw up on our microphone. So if, if I do. That would make for tons of energy, by all means. No, it would be better if we had the cameras going when we'll, that we'll happens. Make your, we'll make an assistant clean it up. What assistant? My assistant's out of town. The other one, the intern. She's not here either. Okay, we'll figure it out. The cats can come eat it up. Oh my God, what is wrong with you? Dude, speaking of cats eating things that they shouldn't, uh, if, you, if either one of us die for an extended period of time around the cats, they're going to eat us. Probably. It'll just be fizz gig. It'll just be fizz gig. I think Didim must be the first one to do it. We have two cats. And well, one's really much nicer than the other. I think it's... Oh, that's because cats eat people when they die. Correct. Okay, I'm, I'm like I'm like gesturing to him. I'm like, and people can't see you. It's not like being on TikTok. You I have know, to. I know. You have to do. You have to be to portray it with your voice. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm I'm looking at you. I'm like, okay. So how are we doing with leading the hosting? So far, not so good. Apparently. After <laughs> well, three we days, do, we a sound do. engineer mm-hmm. cutting it right there to let us know that after three days. After three days, yeah, they they typically do that. They get hungry. Dogs do too. Okay. 
that's really commonly done. Uh, we've got about one minute till break and to help save us from ourselves here because I'm half asleep and apparently Bear is having some difficulty leading the radio show. Yeah, clearly. We are on with the one, the only, Mick Dojo. Guys, I know you follow him. Make sure if you aren't following him, you do. You can find him at McDojo Life online. Across all social media. All social media, yeah. It's fabulous. And do you want to tell everyone a little bit about McDojo? Well, his whole premise for what he does, he goes around exposing fake martial artists, fake martial arts, dojos, people, entities, organizations, anything. And he started out with people questioning, why don't we have more people actively trying to get rid of these fraud uh, these frauds these people who are either harming students scamming good people and so he took it upon himself to start a essentially uh, a lifestyle business to do just that i think it's fabulous guys we're going to go to break when we come back we're going to be on with the one the only rob from mcdojo life streaming live the leader in internet talk radio voiceamerica.com Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back Behind the Scenes. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Bear Fiorda, with my lovely co-host, Summer Helene, who's going to get mad at me in about a few seconds for saying that she's the co-host. And we are on with our very special I am guest. I'm bloody host. I'm just sick. I guess <laughs> I guess you are the host today. Rob from McDojo Live. Rob, how are you doing today? Yo, man, living the dream. Living the dream. I love that as an opener. Hardly have anyone telling us that. I take it it's been a good time then. Absolutely, man. I just get up. I give 110%. You know, there is no I in team and all that and whatever other cliches I could say to make it sound like I'm doing fantastic. You, while you're at it, do you want to advertise your self-help book at all? I don't have one yet, but give me time. <laughs> give me time. Excellent. Well, for those of us who have not heard of Rob McDojo Life and missed my terrible description of what he does, because he can do it so much better. Rob, why don't you tell them who you are and what you do? Yeah, I call out fakes, frauds, phonies, con men, pedophiles, and cults in the martial arts industry. That's um, far superior to what I said. God, I don't remember what I said at this point. 
Yeah, man, it's almost like I practiced saying that before or something. <laughs> That's a good point, actually. I want to jump in and just say, what is going on with your film? I know everyone's constantly asking us about that. Yeah, we actually, uh, we just officially got an extremely famous Navy SEAL to join on as an executive producer. He officially signed the, pa- signed the paperwork. Um, I'm sure everyone is quite aware of who this gentleman is, so that's kind of cool. Um, so we want to say we appreciate Jocko Wellink is coming on board as an executive producer of our film. Um, I, I, I love the bears in the background doing like handshakes excited, and I'm like, who? Yeah, he's, <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's pretty big deal in the, in the martial arts industry, I guess you could say. He's got a great podcast, several books, uh, runs Echelon Front. He also uh, has Jocko Fuel the Man's. The man's a busy dude, and we are fortunate enough to have him on board as an executive producer of our film now. And because of that, it's really kicked open a ton of doors for us. So uh, now that that's happened, we've been hitting the pavement trying to finish up our last round of uh, of funding, investment. And that's been going super smooth. Uh, we're still talking with Amazon, so we're going to come back to the table with them. Uh, probably next month, I think, we want to come back to the table with a little bit of a heftier uh, a couple a couple names we're trying to get on board with the project other than just him um and then once we hit the uh the pavement with those names we think that we're pretty much going to make some piece of gold that's uh, unbelievable excellent to hear and actually i worked a little bit with jacko fuel in the past so i'm happy to hear that you got the man himself uh on your team that's just incredible how did that come about exactly what made you think that you want what made you want to bring him in on the project um, it was just a twist of fate. Uh, I happen to know Mo from ADCC. He's the gentleman who runs um, ADCC. And I didn't know Mo was Mo who runs ADCC. I just thought he was a guy named Mo. And so we had shot the shit and been friends for a very long time. And one day he goes, hey, man, you want to go to ADCC? And I was like, yeah. I was like, how did you get tickets? He goes, I run it. I was like, oh, okay, well, that's cool. So yeah, <laughs> I want to go. So I wound up going and I got a media pass, which was cool. So I got to go back behind the scenes where a lot of people were warming up. All the fighters were there. I got to go on the ground level in the middle of uh, the Thomas and Max Center, which was filled for a jiu-jitsu tournament, which is wild to think about. Um, and when I was there, I saw Jocko because he was a sponsor. And I, I saw him and I was like, I want to go over and say thank you specifically for him talking about uh, one of the stories that I did and talking about my page on his podcast before. And I walked over and he knew my name, which was very cool to me anyway. Um, and he goes, hey, Rob, how's it going? I was like, oh, shit, you know who I am. That's cool. And uh, he asked about the documentary and how it was going. So I told him and I let him know how when we initially started, we were doing a crowdfunding thing. And he asked, why didn't I ask him for assistance? And I was like, I didn't know I could do that. Like, I, <laughs> the first time I've, I've met you, I thought it'd be maybe a little, you know, uncouth to try to ask you for money when I've never seen you before. And I, I, he got pulled away because the tournament had started. And I was like, all right, well, I'll call that bluff and I'll see if he's serious. And we, I flew, I got uh, a meeting, uh, flew my ass on a plane on the other side of the country. We had a t- nice, awesome two and a half hour meeting. The guy is fantastic. Um, very cool, very personable, very for- straightforward, which I appreciate. Um, and then uh, we worked out a deal and now he's a part of the, a part of the team so we're super excited to have him on board and we know that that's going to open up a lot of doors to make something that's legendary i i love that in this in the sense that it just didn't uh, 
of you talking about how it didn't occur for you to ask this favor of him because you hadn't met him yet. And he's talking as if you guys have been buddies for as long as he's been watching you. As if he's just been immediately took you on as his friend that he just hadn't seen in a good long time. I think that's yeah. the benefit of social media. Yeah, I, I can I can agree with that. I think that you can build a lot. Of, uh, I think a, another thing, not just because of social media, social media allows for really good networking. And because I had already had a good name in the industry before doing the social media thing, once I did, it was very easy to have those pieces connect. And it opens up a much broader audience for you and not just in terms of people watching your content, but people who support what you do, too, which has been amazing. Well, you know, I think it's incredible what you're doing with this film. And in fact, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know if we had described yet what this film is about. We've just been talking about some awesome new uh, events to come about with it. So what is this film, Rob? Well, basically what we're trying to do is we're trying to consolidate the last 11 years I've been working on uh, McDojo Life of calling out these frauds and showing with a broad paintbrush just how big these issues are and relevant in the industry today. Um, there are a lot of people out there who follow the page that aren't even aware that some of the people I post, you know, I might I might have seen that clip an hour before I posted it. And they just assume that it's old because we have the Internet and there's no way that people could be involved in cults. Well, that's just not true. Um, cults are everywhere. They're happening all the time. They're popping. New ones pop up daily. And just like any other martial art, even a, a fake one or a fraudulent dojo or instructor, they still have lineages. So they still have instructors that they're grooming to become instructors of their arts. So the idea is to be able to expose this massive global issue that people just kind of don't know about, which is weird because every film ever at this point has probably already been made in one way, shape or another and it get, gets regurgitated. We just happen to have something that hasn't been done before or talked about before. I think that's been kind of your niche for the longest time something that no one else has been doing in fact I think the way you even got started was someone questioning why more people aren't calling out these individuals for what they do and so you took it upon yourself to be kind of like that the superhero if you would of our industry to get rid of the bad guys who are only doing harm to good people it started that way but i'm very grateful that there are other people out there currently who are also calling out frauds now and other people who are building brands based on the same same idea and the same thoughts, I think that it's incredible because that means that I'm not alone. <laughs> you know, it means people are listening and, and hopefully with enough voices that that those kind of issues can be eliminated, not all the way, of, of course, but primarily they could be eliminated for the most part. Was it exceptionally hard to do it when it was just by yourself? Or did you think it maybe you'd only find a couple of guys here and there? How did I didn't do? know what I didn't know what the hell I was doing, man. <laughs> I was just, <laughs> I was just like, all right, well, let's see what this happens. And it was like a hobby. Um, but it was, I was a little taken back by just how many there are. It still, I still blows my mind that I could wake up tomorrow and know I will have content, um, which I'd rather not. <laughs> I'd rather wake up one day and just be like, all right, man, well, uh, I guess I'm out. Uh, I'm done. I guess I'm gonna go do something else, <laughs> but it hasn't come yet. That That's crazy to me. Cause I think I only know some of the biggest ones to come out there and i'm probably missing quite a few of those too so to be so inundated with this kind of in my opinion filth over and over and over again it's got to be super taxing who's to deal the with worst? who's the worst you've ever had to deal with i'm just nosy um it it depends i always think that edon abelnick is the one that i feel like is probably one of the worst but the only he the only reason i say he, i believe he's one of the worst is because he ticks off 
a few of the check marks. He ticks off most of them, minus the, uh, to my knowledge anyway, minus the sexual assault. But uh, he ticks off pretty much everything that makes someone fraudulent. <laughs> um, and he runs a huge international organization, committed international fraud, shot a student doing gun disarms, live ammunition, got kicked off a gun range for handling firearms illegally, lied about his resume, set up multiple fights and never showed up. Like he is the epitome of a fraud, but still... Even though he admits to all of those things freely, his students still don't believe that he is that bad of a guy. I, I think my catch is if the best thing you can say about him is he hasn't raped anyone, that's not good. Yeah, that's probably not like, the, you know, good on the resume, you know, like, let's see here. We're hiring. Well, it says here you raped no one. So you, you're hired. Good, sir. I just want to imagine someone writing that down. I have not put my penis in someone without their consent. Boom, <laughs> hired. <laughs> We're done. This guy, he gets it. Yeah. All the <laughs> other candidates, for some reason, they added that they, you know, committed assault. I don't know why you'd put that on the resume, but it's an easy way to lose a job, I think. I think anyway, it depends on what job you're interviewing for, but you shouldn't be interviewing for any job that sees that as a, not, as a positive. You're not going for real life Hannibal Lecter. Like there, there, there's no job where I have harmed people should be part of the resume. You very good point right there. Well, yeah. If you if you think about the word therapist, it's really just the rapist smacked <laughs> together. You know. I love that. That's brilliant. I'm stealing. I'm taking that. Um, we have to go to break. When we come back, we're going to be on with McDojo Life, of course. My co-host, the bad escape bear in the cage, Bear Fiorda. Uh, Rob, can you give everyone a shout out and tell them where to find your social media? Yeah, pretty much McDojo Life on most every social media, except for Reddit, because someone's a douchebag and took it. So it's the McDojo Life on Reddit. <laughs> oh, That's terrible. Man. And you know they're not going to want to give that up either. Which is all good. Don't care. At the end of the day, I still have 20,000 on my Reddit page. He's got like 940 and it drops every day because every time there's a post, I individually message people who post on there and say, hey, just so you know, the real page is over here. God damn, that is dedication to another that is brilliant. extent. No, good for you. He deserves that. Yeah, man, he can kiss my ass twice and the whole. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that's it. We're going to go to break and we'll be right back with our conversation with Rob from McDojo Life. I'm Bear Fiorda with my, uh, if you're not the co-host, what do I call you? I don't know. I'm the, the usual host, the, the sick lady in the corner. Sick lady in the corner, Summer Helene, and we'll be right back after this. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. 
That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. Welcome back, everyone. I'm your host, Bear Fjorda, and to my side is my beautifully sick other host, Summer Helene. Hi. And we are on with our special guest, Rob, from McDojo Life. Welcome back, Rob. Yo, man. As always, very fun to have you. Always have great. I, I have some of my best conversations with you, and I think it's because we're both a part of this industry, albeit take, attacking it from different angles. I'm punching people in person. You tend to be punching people via social media, ruining the lives of frauds, fakes, pedophiles of the world who are in this industry. And I just want to say thank you so much for doing that. Why do you guys have so many creeps in this industry? Uh, because it's unregulated. Um, there is no regulating body to the martial arts industry. So anyone can sign up and start a school if they want it. All they have to do is just do whatever is legally required to start a business. Um, there's no one going to check up on you. There is no accreditation needed. Literally, you can just decide one day to start a school and there you go. That's it. That's all you need. So I could be a martial arts instructor. Yeah, absolutely. That's fucked up. <laughs> you, I think I'm going to do this today. And that's all you need. If you're uh, charismatic enough to convince people to sign up, boom, done. That's, that's one thing that always stuck out to me is there was a guy who went to work for a UFC gym as a, their jiu-jitsu instructor. He had never done a jiu-jitsu class. He just started pulling lessons from the internet and teaching them to the best he could to these other people. Got called out, got uh rolled on by like some other actual brown and purple belts who showed up to his gym and got him fired but he was just teaching classes for the longest time at this gym because no one bothered to double check this guy he just said hey i'm a black belt under this dude can i have a job and they said yeah which is also a weird thing about this industry to be honest because if there was any other industry that operated the exact same way it would be very much like the wild wild west there's no <laughs> accountant somewhere where another accountant rolls up and kicks his ass because he's not accredited in some way, shape or form, you know, like <laughs> janitors aren't beating the shit out of each other. because You haven't been a janitor long enough. It just doesn't work that way. But in the martial arts industry, for some reason, people think that that's just the way to do it. <laughs> I would, I was not ready for you to take it that direction. Honestly, I thought you could go somewhere else with that. <laughs> um, but it, it's so true I've actually had people on my social media ask me hey has anyone gym stormed you where they rush in they challenge the instructor to a match of whatever art they're doing at the time and it's crazy to me you can't go to McDonald's as another McDonald's manager and be like hey let's fight in the middle of our food court because I don't think you're doing the good enough job you can't if someone did that to you that would be you run a children's non-profit what I, are they gonna do come in and drop kick one of the foster kids apparently Oh, man, like it's it's a very strange industry that way. And I think that half the battle of what I do on one end, yes, is call out frauds. But the other half is try to make some sense of it all 
and try to talk some sense into people so hopefully we can evolve as an industry. There's way too many people who are fair, fantastic martial arts instructors, but they have no clue how to run the business side of things. Or they've been brainwashed to think that if they do make money in this industry, that there's some kind of a sellout. Um, or, you know, that that is the proper way of handling things is with your fists. It, it's not. It's childish. And if we can fix some of these issues, I think we can eliminate a lot more frauds. I always say communication is so important to be had in this industry. And it's probably one of the least looked upon things when you go into someone else's gym. People don't talk, whether it's their training together, whether it's mutual collaborations with each other, or even on the business end. Like you said, they think it's some kind of, uh, I don't want to say sham, but some kind of dishonorable thing to actually be successful in, in what you do when you're a martial artist or a coach or a teacher. Yeah, some of the most fraudulent schools I've ever seen are ones that aren't financially well-to-do. They're people who are taking advantage of people based on this weird veil of old school traditionalism that's nonsensical. They'll take something like uh, not paying uh, employees and try to make it sound like a good thing that they can't afford to do that. They'll be like, yeah, that school across the street, they just overcharge way too much. They damn their employees with their 401ks and medical insurance. You don't need that. How about you work for me for free? And I'll give you classes in exchange for you working your ass off at this facility for eight hours a day. And they think that somehow that's honorable when it's really not. It's just an excuse. You know, one of the first things I started realizing when I started doing business consulting for martial arts schools was how deluded a lot of people were. And it's not their fault. It's just the path that they were laid in front of them by their instructor that came before them and came before them. And when I'm looking at like some of the mentalities, I always think like, how successful are you really doing if you yourself cannot afford an employee? And they go, well, I can't afford one. And I go, well, since you can't afford one, why don't you change your wording from I can't afford it to how can I afford it? Because then you're actually helping someone instead of taking advantage of them. Yeah, I've never put it, heard it put like that. And I actually, uh, probably till this very conversation, people would ask me, hey, I want to go learn martial arts, but I can't afford it. What do I do? And I'm like, hey, maybe you should hit up a local gym and see if they'll be willing to trade trade of services. But now hearing that, I'm thinking, oh shit, did I just send people no, to go get like he's talking about taken people, advantage of? He's talking about people instructing. Like um uh you, your all of your instructors are volunteers because mm -hmm. yours is a charity, but even places that pe people pay, they won't pay the instructors. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I'm specifically talking about employees. You know, I think that a martial arts school should, I think that it's a great thing when they do pro bono work for students, like students who may not be able to afford it and stuff like that. That's different because they're not asking anything in return. They're saying, hey, just take the classes. They're here for you if you need them because we want to give you an outlet. But the moment that you start trying to do it where you say, hey, you work for me in exchange for the service. The problem with that mentality is, is that how are you really helping them? You're not if you're not paying them, so you're not helping them any other way. You can't. I got to tell you, I got people sending me gis left and right. I've never once paid a light bill with a gi. You know, I've never once punched <laughs> you know my mortgage in the face. You know, like just, <laughs> so. The the problem is, is that people have been convinced somehow through like this mass delusion that making money in the industry is a bad thing when they forget that if you do have a little bit more money, you can help more people. You can advertise more. You can afford a bigger building. You can have more students in there. You can afford to pay your students. You can afford to have the insurance or not pay your students, but pay your employees. 
you can afford these things that will make the the industry itself better instead of being in some gym that is hemorrhaging money and not doing very well and then someone comes up and says hey man like maybe if you do a couple things you might be able to afford new equipment um you might be able to afford proper cleaning products so don't get staph infection or ringworm um it's just not something people think about because they're so focused on just the martial art they forget there's a lot that goes into it I got to say the model of um, you get something from me and now you work for me has been done before. I had a girlfriend of mine when I was down in Mississippi, she was showing me around her family's ancestral home. They've had it for years. And her grandmother points out and says, those are cabins where people used to work in exchange for room and board. And Kitty turns around and she goes, slave quarters. Those are slave quarters. It's same concept. We've done this before. It doesn't work. Yeah, it's like indentured servitude, right? Exactly. Hey, I'm going to give you food and I'm going to give you a place to stay, but you can never leave. And uh, by the way, you're you're going to have to follow all the rules that I set forth for you, even though you're not an official employee. Oh, and by the way, if you get hurt on the job, since you're not an official employee, that's all on you, by the way. Um, there is no workman's comp. Um, and so also don't worry about me being able to help you out with your taxes, uh, because guess what? You're not an official employee here. So good luck explaining that to the government. Um, you know, all that stuff people don't even think about. It's it's just bonkers to me. And well, that kind of makes sense to me as to why people go and uh, I guess try and create those kinds of businesses and that kind of business model. Who wouldn't want to siphon money from people? I shouldn't say who wouldn't, but uh, to be able to siphon money from people while getting free labor, I think if you reward that can sound pleasant to most individuals, but the reality is they are scamming the people who come around and come inside of their facility. I guess it might not even be purposeful. You know, it just might be how things were done for them. And so they pass that down to the next generation and they never question it. They never look into it. They never try to take a business class ever. And they just have the, the thought that if I'm just good at martial arts, that's good enough. It's like, no, it's not. That's like, like, that's the dumbest shit ever. What if like, what if that applied to sex, right? You're like, well, if I'm just good at sex and I just keep having sex with myself, then eventually someone will have sex with me. Like, no, you're just jerking off and you're lying. (laughs) You hope hope that that will translate. That was the best analogy I've ever heard. It it doesn't translate, you know, like these two things are different. And if you run a successful martial arts school, it's not just about what you're teaching. It's also about customer service, retention, lead generation, pro shop sales, and a slew of other things, you know, that go with it. But if you don't have any of those things and all you have is just you're good at martial arts, okay, well, you're jerking off. You're not fucking like that requires extra. (laughs) That requires a different set of skills. It's so great that you bring that up because I'm thinking about this now. And it's the same way for fighting, not just running a business, but being a fighter on your own. I got people who will ask me, hey, you know, I, I want to drop out of high school. I don't want to go to college. I don't want to take any more school. I just want to fight. How do I be successful? And I'm like, dude, go go take a business course. Don't That's a bad idea. Don't do that. <laughs> keep staying in school. Go to go to take. I don't care if you take undergrad. Or I don't care if you go get a certificate online, but keep furthering your knowledge. And specifically that of business and marketing and how to be successful if you want to be in this industry. Because we're in a day and age now where if you can't just be good at fighting and expect to be a successful fighter, it doesn't even work in its own wording. You can't just be good at martial arts and expect to get paid well for that anymore. You have to do so many other things. But because for so long, being a good fighter was all it took. 
and that's people short, getting hung up. It's a short road. Like careers yeah. in the martial arts industry as a, to be a fighter. Mm -hmm. You know, once once your thirties start creeping around, the show's over for you in terms of being able to be a pro fighter. Yeah. You know, like it's your body's going to deteriorate. You're not going to be able to keep up with the fact that the industry itself is evolving. I mean, just look at how quickly MMA has evolved in itself. Look at 1993 when the first UFC happened and look at how those fighters did and now compare them to the fighters now. And our fighters now are leagues above and beyond where they were because we're in the middle of this beautiful renaissance where there is an evolution in the martial arts industry because of the UFC, because of MMA. And what winds up happening now is all these fighters are learning from previous fighters what their mistakes were, how to get better, and they're becoming leaps and bounds better than the generation before. So by the time you hit 30, if you're still doing the same tactics that you did when you were 20, you are behind the eight ball. And now all of these young, hungry fighters coming up have figured out how to game the system better, how to cut weight better, how to train with less injuries, how to recover better. I mean, shit, back in the 90s, how many people did you see taking ice baths? None. You never saw any fighter interviewed in an ice bath. Now, fighters swear by it. Tons of fighters take ice baths for better recovery, quicker recovery time. Like, there are evolutions in this. And so, again, if you're training old school and then you expect that the the industry is not going to evolve around you, you're wrong. And you will get older. They will get younger. They will get better, faster, stronger. And then you're left with what at the end of that? Hopefully you're left with a degree. Hopefully you're left with the ability to market yourself and to make money outside of the ring. That's got to be, in my mind, kind of difficult to explain to people who are really stuck in their ways. I mean, as someone who would consult and help people grow their business, I can't I couldn't even fathom what a conversation would look like with someone who's so headstrong and what they've been doing for the last decade or so. It's very simple. It's the easiest conversation in the world. Really? Say, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so like, uh, let's say you, for instance, right? You're a fighter. All right. Okay. You get hit by a bus tomorrow. What are you now? Uh, at best, a coach. Especially Why? <laughs> Why is that all you have to offer? Well, I mean, He's there's content creation as well. I can keep exactly. making videos and teaching people. Now you're thinking, right? There's more than you than just being a fighter is the point. So if someone's so headstrong and they say, I'm a fighter, this is what I will be. Okay, well, now you can't be a fighter. What are you? And you yourself have these list of things that you can do. Most people, they say nothing. They don't know what they have to offer, but it's a very light bulb turning on moment for them where they go, oh, shit. Well, maybe I should be able to provide more. Or like, what happens if you have a stroke? You know, what happens if you have a heart attack? What happens if you break a leg, tear an ACL, and you can't ever recover? What happens if a billion things happen to you? Like, it's it's a one in a million shot to make it to that top 10. And if you can't, it, does that mean that you're not of value somehow? Of course you are, right? So why not put in time and effort into other things that make you valuable? Why? There was, there was a story oh. of uh, Farmer John farmer john's sausages he was actually a real farmer and he ended up breaking his back and he's laying there in bed going what the hell do i do now because he couldn't make a living off his body so he invented farmer john sausages and everyone eats those now in this country huh. and i appreciate him for that because they're delicious <laughs> good for farmer john it's exactly <laughs> what you're saying it's exactly what you're saying he made a living off his body and would never have considered using his mind until he couldn't use his body anymore and the most famous martial artists I can ever think of, the ones who impacted the world the most weren't fighters, which is wild to me. Like, I, I just had the realization like a couple of days ago on a live 
we were having, you know, an open dialogue conversation. And what what was uh, Bruce Lee's uh, heavyweight title or lightweight title in? Oh, he didn't have one. <laughs> he, he never really fought anyone. He wasn't a professional fighter. He was a philosopher and an actor. You know, he did do he did create invent Jeet Kune Do and stuff, you know, and the art of. But at the end of the day, he, he didn't make a name off of himself because of his fighting career. He made a name off of himself because of his personality and his ability to speak to people. What about Michelangelo from the Ninja Turtles? <laughs> He's not even real. And he inspired millions of people to pick up nunchucks and want to learn martial arts. You know, what about the Power Rangers? You know, like at the end of the day, there's been, what, hundreds of different actors to play the Power Rangers? You know, but at the end of the day, the idea and the thought of these martial arts action heroes is what inspired people. So when people think that the only thing that gives them value is the ability to fight another person, it's just not true. You're just blowing my mind listening to you. Cause I think sometimes I get caught up thinking as the fighter mentality, cause I'm just day in and day out training to hit other people in the face that shit content creation is like my main thing. And it wasn't even the first thing that I thought of. That's where you make the most money. Yeah. Everybody so, likes money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's actually really it was really really great to hear that um from someone else and to hear that come out it's really cool and i hope a lot of hope a lot of people listening can take away the same thing i just took from that well something you have to remember you have a lot of people that criticize you because um fighting isn't your number one focus mm -hmm. and you're so focused on uh content creation so right. i hope they'll listen to rob because these are a lot of guys that that have had one or two fights in the ufc or one or two fights in bellator yeah and can't figure out how to get any further that's a good point. Yeah, it's 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 a strange thing, you know. Over the years, listening to other people's ideas and thoughts and opinions about what makes someone a martial artist or not is just fascinating because it almost always a hundred percent comes from their own perspective, not like a, a a thousand foot view above the forest. They just look straight at the tree that they're looking at, and that's the only tree that matters to them. And if they would just pull their head back for a second, look around, they would see an entire forest. There are more trees than just the one you give a shit about. And I know that the average martial artist, whether they're a child or an adult, only lasts a year. That's it. So all those people talking shit, the majority of them are either not training now or will quit in a year. So I give two fucks less what they have to say. I like that. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you on that one, dude. Most of the time, the people who are going to try and bring you down have never even stepped foot, at least in our industry, in a gym. And for many other people, they never, if you're a famous chef or if you're trying to be an internet chef, most people have never been in the kitchen. They're going to talk shit about what you do. It's just how it goes on the internet these days. Man, the people with the most private profiles have the most public opinions. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's good. well put. That was real, real good. I, I'm going to take a second. I wanted, because we've got about seven minutes left to the show. I want to double back and ask you something about your documentary, because I had a good question for that. With what's going to come out and how it's going to display and talk about all these horrific things that are going on inside the industry, uh, do you think it would deter many people from even trying to join martial arts with, let's say, well-intentioned, good coaches or people? Um, I think the people who it would deter probably wouldn't have started to begin with. I think it would just solidify their thoughts already. I think that the idea is not to shit on the industry. The idea is to show that the majority of people in this industry do have good intentions, are good people, but the industry is flawed because one, we don't have regulations and two, it's flawed because we don't call out our own. 
We just don't. It's it's wild. People love calling out people for the most petty shit, but they don't call out people for the most horrific things, and I don't understand why. They'll complain about how long it takes to get a belt, but they won't, for some reason, call out a pedophile. Like, to me, one just seems like it outweighs the other as an issue. Um, I, I'm just a little more dumbfounded by the fact that these these things have not been addressed yet. And every once in a while, it takes a slap to the face to really bring people out of a state of shock. And I think the industry right now is in a state of shock because we're all too busy kissing our own ass about what is the most mediocre, nonsensical bullshit. And we're so focused on, can this guy beat up that guy? What are we, in fucking middle school? Who gives a shit? I don't care if your dad can beat up my dad. That's the dumbest argument ever. No one fucking cares because there's more to life than being able to beat people up. But I do know that there are a lot of people who don't know to ask certain questions that don't know to at least even Google their instructor's name. I mean, shit, there's a guy right now. His name's Gary Snap Ferguson. Gary Snap Ferguson was accused of molesting a third or a 14, 15 or a, yeah, sorry, 13, 14 and 15 year old girl, girls. Uh, um, but he was he was a. Uh, uh, he was charged with, uh, he got a plea deal. Sorry, my words beat the shit out of each other right there for a second. But anyway, he took a plea deal and basically he it, it made him so that way he only had to like um, uh, plead guilty to one of those rape cases, right? He gets out and right now he's still around children, still around other people's martial arts schools. Um, you know, he's filming himself. He doesn't give a shit. I even like interviewed the dude and he was like, one more story won't matter. Um, that was his words to Whoa. me. I'm sorry. Um, so one one more story will matter. Is he? In, do you think? Is he like foreshadowing that he intends to do it again? I, I'm, well, I, I, I think that he's that he's, for, he's just telling the facts that he doesn't give a shit. Hmm. Like he has no remorse for the fact that he's done these things, and he continues to be around children, even though he tries to lie about that. He's he continues to to fucking um lie about being in someone else's gym when he clearly filmed himself being in someone else's gym. Um, that instructor also lied about not being aware that that Gary was a pedophile. Um, that instructor also lied about Gary not being around children in his martial arts studio. And so now he has a friend who's just protecting him and giving him access to kids. It's sickening. But all of that, all of that could be taken care of by just simply Googling the man's name. Just Google his name. It's like the first four pages of Google is nothing but stories about the things he's done. And... Again, when you go into a martial arts studio, we're automatically giving people virtues that they haven't earned. Honor, integrity, respect, all that. Why? They're just people. <laughs> like, the first thing you should do is Google their name. Just Google their name, right? And it takes two seconds, and you'll find out a shit ton about your instructor. Yeah, no kidding. I, I, I'm just as equally as guilty of that. I'll wander into a studio. I'm like, oh, this is cool, and I'll have no idea. Who's running anything about the guy? Nothing. But you also walk into studios and people invite you in all the time and they only know you from TikTok. That's they another, don't check you at all. That's another thing. I've become big on the internet. So people are like, oh, this guy's awesome. He's huge on the internet. There are people on the internet with millions of followers who have scammed their audiences with like NFT rug pulls and crypto crap and fake quote unquote universities that they can join to learn how to be a man like it doesn't just because people are big or famous doesn't mean a damn thing just so you walk into a gym doesn't mean that guy except mick dojo always listen to mick except rob from mick yeah dojo, always right? listen to uh, well the funny thing about me is i'll tell you to listen to you listen to yourself <laughs> your gut. who gives a shit what i have to say at the end of the day like follow your instincts 
make sure you're paying attention. Make sure you're you're looking around at what's going on in your area. And, you know, who gives a fuck about me? At the end of the day, follow your instincts. Can give, can care about your children first. Care about your safety first. Care about all that first. And if you do that, you'll probably do a little more research. You'll probably look into it because you want to make sure it's a good environment. That is oh an God. excellent message. And with that, guys, I, we have- I got to say, it was, what made me laugh, though, is Rob's talking about who cares about two guys beating up each other. Last week, I'm pitching the PFL on using Rob for their advertising. He does care about people fighting each other, just FYI. Because I'm, I'm like pitching, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like pitching Rob last week. I'm like, crap. <laughs> uh, I, well, yeah, I guess that's some information there we can drop. I didn't even wasn't aware of that myself. Yeah. But guys, with just about a mi- under a minute left of the show, Rob, is there anything additional you'd like to say? Any shout outs you want to make or maybe <laughs> pertaining to your uh, upcoming film? Yeah, absolutely. Um, everybody who wants to keep up with some of the behind the scenes of what's going on with our film, you can go to McDojo Life D-O-C. That's McDojo Life Doc on Instagram. We do all the updates and stuff like that ahead of time there. Um, if you're not, uh, you have to remember that that page was invented as a private perk for people who did donate. So if you don't want to donate, you just have to wait. But if you do want the access to that page, just a little donation to help us get uh, our film made goes a long way. That's all right. Beautiful, guys. You all know where to go and you know what to do to get that special information. So I think my, my lovely sick lady to the side. Is there anything you want to say? I need my medicine. Need your medicine. Oh. All right, guys, that has been our show. Thank you so much to, from uh, thank you so much to Rob from McDojola for coming on, being our special guest, and dropping some more special insight about his film. I look forward to seeing it come out. I look forward to watching the damn thing and seeing the impact it has on the industry. We need the outro to be thank you for joining us while uh, Rob is on with one of his stalkers, Bear. No, don't say that. He just calls out people who do that. <laughs> you do stalk. Well, hey, um, if you do me a favor, if you'd like, if you send me over like one of your email addresses or whatnot, I'll send you all the things that we have done so far, the pitch deck. All that stuff. Awesome. You got it. I'm going to text to you right now. Perfect, guys. And with that, I think we're going to go ahead and say... Good what? night. We'll Good see night. you next week. And I will see you next week. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the Scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week. 